Hey, Tony, it's great uh, to catch up with you today. I'm super excited. Um, wanted to introduce myself really quick. Catherine Rayberg. I'm a director in the Office of Corporate Relations at the University of Illinois. And Tony, you want to go ahead? Yeah, Catherine, thanks. I'm Tony Peebles. I am Director of Diversity Advancement and Corporate Relations at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm excited to be a part of this team. And I'm new to NACRO and new to college advancement. I spent uh, nearly 30 years in the insurance and financial world as uh, in the industry side. And so I've been at Case for two years and I'm having a lot of fun. Well, I've loved all of our chats and we connected earlier this summer and I, we found out that you and I both are really passionate about what's going on in the diversity space and supporting partnerships with industry around diversity and super excited that NACRO saw that you and I both had an interest in this area and they're tapping us to be the kind of co-chairs or subcommittee leads for the diversity efforts of NACRO. So absolutely, uh, be, careful, be careful what you wish for, right? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'm like excited as well. I think this is a kind of an idea that as time has come for our organization. And I think uh, colleges and universities in partnership with corporations can make a difference. It's funny, I remember you and I chatting this summer, I had said, Tony, if you wanna get involved, you just gotta jump right into a committee, be a volunteer. <laughs> You're exactly right, be careful what you wish for before you- Right, know. right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love so many of your insights about the way you even dialogue with companies and make the business case for diversity. Maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, I'm a, and I'm a banker and financial advisor by, by trade. And so I came out of the business world. So although there is a moral and, and, and um, uh, obviously an ethical reason for us to be a diverse uh, community, a diverse society, uh, be inclusive, uh, there's some good reasons for us to do that, obviously. But when in talking, representing Case Western Reserve University and talking to companies, um, I had to try to make sure I had a business case for diversity. And so um, there was, there's two or three areas that I think uh, briefly that I try to focus on. One is uh, the fact that many companies are, they, they're in diverse markets. Some of them are global or even the national markets that they, that they sell their products and services in. Um, and so they want to reach those markets and they want to be and those markets may be diverse, depending on the geography of the country, or what have you. Um, I think, secondly, workforce development is a challenge across this nation for all companies. And so having all of your talent available to you and being able to cultivate talent from different sectors of our community, whether it's first generation students who are not of color, but maybe live in a rural area, but need those skills and bring a lot to the table or uh, students, uh, African-American, Latinx students, uh, our LGBT community, uh, women, uh, things of that nature. So I think companies are much more concerned about developing a strong talent workforce. I think companies realize that the demographics of our country are changing, where maybe in 30 years, one out of every two citizens of the United States will be a so-called minority or diverse person. So companies have to adapt, leadership has to adapt, and it does make difference for shareholder value, I think, for companies to be profitable, to be able to compete in various markets as the world is changing. I loved it. You, I wrote down a couple bits of wisdom that you gave me before we clicked record. You said colleges and universities are the place to educate and prepare our students to function in a more diverse world. 
And that just, it, it just resonated with me so much. Um, as you mentioned, you know, I'm a, I'm a white female and I need to be comfortable operating in a diverse world. Um, and we need our, my, I have three sons. And so I need my sons as they grow up. I've already been talking to them about how, when they're leaders in business, they need to be very comfortable in a diverse setting and that they will be, their um, business will perform better because it is diverse. So that was an awesome line. And yeah, what a what a statement on you said the demographic tidal wave of one in two Americans being a person of color. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting the way we think about our alumni base at universities. You know, right now it's not a super diverse alumni base, but and you said in 20 years from now, um, the alumni that we're going to be working with are going to be extremely diverse. So people that do the jobs that we do right now, we need to really pivot and make sure we're reflecting that alumni base. Absolutely. I mean, I think um, maybe 20 or 30 years from now, or even sooner, the, the, the alumni that we're cultivating now for the major gifts of tomorrow are going to be more likely to be a woman, uh, a woman breadwinner, a woman professional, a woman C-suiter, uh, or a, a minority, uh, whereas historically, maybe for many of our universities, unless you're at a historically Black college or Hispanic serving institution, are mostly white. And so because of those demographics, we need to uh, have uh, cultural sensitivity. We need to understand those those communities, understand that they value the education they got at their institution and they want to give back. And um, I think that's going to be key in the corporate space as well as companies adapt to the need for more diversity in the C-suite, more women. Um, I mean, the Fortune 100 is still primarily white male. And um, so I think that's important. I think it's also important for our, our, our colleagues who are white to understand how to how to comfortably um, interact in those diverse environments, uh, without feeling, uh, you know, put upon and and have the comfort to to say I, I know what I don't know and 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 and, and the like. Uh, I'm not a diversity expert. I'm a I'm a I'm a fundraiser and a financial professional, um, and so I'm not a diversity expert. Or in, uh, but I. I, I really think that I, because I'm, I'm data-driven because of my banking career, yeah. I wanted to see where, what was the business case, right? What is the business case for a company to invest in diversity? It's part of all of the conversations we have in corporate relations. Right, 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 yeah. right. And the better we can build that business case, I think there's some significant dollars out there for our universities and colleges and, and our, 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 our members uh, to, to generate that'll do some good. And so we can do well by doing good. Yeah, you mentioned, um, companies need the society to be performing and functional in order to have consumers of their products. And if we have a lot of unrest and things aren't going well, it's tougher for the corporate world to survive. So I can see very much so a business case around them wanting to be society to be whole and healthy. Well, that makes a difference. Uh, look at health disparities, for example. There's apparently some, and I'm not a medical expert, but I, when I talk to some of our faculty on campus and, you know, Case Western Reserve University right next to the, to the world-renowned Cleveland Clinic Foundation. So we have a lot of discussions about health, what we call health equity or health disparities. And we've recently had some conversations with some of the major group insurers who are insuring companies and insuring individuals uh, and providing support for, for health provider networks. And to the the entire list of these companies will tell you that if they don't deal with the, the kind of the health disparity gap, 
it costs them more money. So uh, if you have populations like rural populations in poverty or African-American or, or whatever that have a health gap because of bias, because of maybe some apparent racism or whatever, then their health outcomes are not as good. When health comes, outcomes are not as good, when someone finally gets to a, a doctor and gets the care they need, the bill is higher because now I've got, a, I need acute care instead of routine care. And, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not a health professional, but what I learned in, in having some site visits with some of these companies um, that, that do major in group insurance plans is that they want to invest in diversity because they know that it's infecting their bottom line. Absolutely. Uh, and so those are examples of how you can go into a company based on the industry and focus on how diversity is impacting their, their, their profitability, uh, their shareholder return and that, and then say that you as a university can be, inject yourself into their business model and be a solution, whether it's talent, whether it's research, whether it's um, mentoring and, and, and helping C-suite individuals to get better, uh, all around inclusion. So I think there's a lot of opportunity there. And, and we're talking uh, African-American, Latinx, Asian-Americans, we're talking women. We're talking, as you mentioned, first-generation yeah. students who may even be white, but are first-generation, that's a challenge, uh, veterans, uh, and of course, our LGBTQ community. Yeah, yeah. I, um, our career services director said first gen is um, is always diverse. It's perfect yep. that you, you go to the first gen and it catches all types of, of students. So yeah, and it is amazing when you stop and think what a critical role universities can play in helping companies with their diversity solutions. We're trying to launch a diversity partner program right now at Illinois where um, we're going to work very closely with first-gen and underrepresented minorities to get them really workforce ready and get them on a more equal playing field when it comes to their starting salary. Because oh, wow. so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's and that's, that's real measurable results, which yeah. makes those companies more competitive to a, a, attract and retain talent regardless of their background. So that's good, yeah. that's good work, absolutely. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of research around if you started a lower salary and our, our data shows there's a lower salary for underrepresented or first-gen students versus not. And if you start at a lower salary, you're constantly trying to play catch up and you're not on an even playing field. So right. whatever we right. can do to kind of even that playing field and make them better off in their generation of their family to give to their family and then to be able to give to their communities. So. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's, uh, we're going to have to copy that. That's a good, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's the best, that sounds like a best practice that many of our, our colleagues can work on yeah. with their respective uh, corporate partners. Well, this was so um, great to, to chat today and I, I'm really going to lean into you as a mentor as you've gone a little ahead of me in your career. And, and I know you say you're not an expert, but gosh, you've got a lot of insights and I'm excited to work with you over the next year with NACRO and the diversity subcommittee and the membership and alliances team and use this as an opportunity to our members to welcome them to join us in the efforts and be a part of the conversation and, and volunteer and, and help NACRO as we um, work to improve our diversity of our membership base and also help uh, to, to develop great ideas and best practices in our partnerships with companies. Well, I really think that, um, first of all, I'm excited to be a part of this effort. I appreciate the opportunity to serve. I really think that uh, focusing on diversity and inclusion within the business model of our corporate partners and within what we're doing on our respective campuses can result in real investment. We, uh, we were successful in the last couple of years of getting some six and seven figure gifts around uh, their multi-year gifts from various companies 
around uh, diversity around STEM and, and training and developing young talent on our campus to matriculate into these companies in, in meaningful ways. Um, so I think there's a definite, uh, diversity and inclusion can be a perfect point of entry with companies. And, and a lot of it is because of some of the unrest in our society right now. But, you know, uh, we uh, <laughs> we say in our advancement team at Case Western, we never let a good crisis go to waste. It sounds That's a little right. challenging. But, right. but we do try to say, okay, if it's timely, well, let's get at it. Let's yeah. get at it. Let's talk yeah, about got it. it. We've got attention. There's a lot yeah. of people that are focused on it right now. And as you yeah. mentioned, there's even some articles highlighting the millions of dollars that industry is now willing to invest in this problem. So the, the, exactly. the opportunity and, is prime and right for us to be a part of the solution. Exactly, and what better what better solution providers than our 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 fellow institutions of higher education? So yeah. this is, I think it's a idea. time has come, and uh, look forward to working with everybody. And uh, I am not an expert, but I'm certainly passionate about it. And I want to help us to build the business case for diversity and inclusion with our corporate partners. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it, and thank Absolutely. you everybody for listening.